Welcome to the Art of Being a Mum podcast, where I, Alison Newman, a singer, songwriter and Aussie mum of two, enjoys honest and inspiring conversations with artists and creators about the joys and issues they've encountered while trying to be a mum and continue to create. You'll hear themes like the mental juggle, changes in identity, how their work's been influenced by motherhood, mum guilt, cultural norms, and we also stray into territory such as the patriarchy, feminism, and capitalism. You can find links to my guests and topics we discuss in the show notes, along with a link to the music played, how to get in touch, and a link to join our supportive and lively community on Instagram. I'll always put a trigger warning if we discuss sensitive topics on the podcast, but if at any time you're concerned about your mental health, I urge you to talk to those around you, reach out to health professionals or seek out resources online. I've compiled a list of international resources which can be accessed on the podcast landing page, alisonnewman.net slash podcast. The Art of Being a Mum would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land and water which this podcast is recorded on as being the Boendick people in the Berrin region of South Australia. I'm working on land that was never ceded. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. It is so great to be back for episode 98. Lovely to welcome you from wherever you are around the world. My guest this week is Tamara Seely. Tamara is a singer and songwriter from Mount Gambier in South Australia, and she's a mum of two. Tamara has been a singer since the age of 15, crediting her Scottish heritage as what brought her to singing, as well as Whitney Houston in the Bodyguard movie. After leaving school, she went to Melbourne to start her training. From there, she spent time living and performing in London, Doha and South Korea, She's been flown from London to New Zealand to act in a commercial and she's performed on the Disney cruise ship in the Caribbean islands. Oh, and she sang backup vocals for Right Said Fred of 90s I'm Too Sexy fame and was an extra in a Bollywood movie too. Her philosophy at that time was try anything that she had the opportunity to and she certainly did that. Tamara has four releases under her belt, her 2015 EP Gold Armour, singles Eileen and Old School Love and her latest release of a 10-year special remix of her track Release Me, which is out now. Even though Tamara has seen some amazing places and travelled so widely, she credits amongst her proudest career achievements recording and producing her latest music video in her hometown of Mount Gambier, a regional town of but 28,000 people. Hope you enjoy today's episode. You'll hear Tamara's music featured throughout. Thank you again for listening. Do you ever feel like you're wasting your time? Fading away, working nine to five. Getting lost, feeling small in the crowd. Wanna be something, make you Welcome, Tamara. It is such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you for coming on today. Oh, and thank you for asking me. This is my first podcast, so very excited. 
even more exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. And when you yeah. say thanks for asking me, I have I have had you in my mind for a very long time. So I'm glad we were able to make it work. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> You're actually one of the first people I thought of when I was starting to do this and I thought, who do I know? And I wanted to go with a, an industry I felt comfortable with. So I was just reaching out to musicians yes. to start with. I'm like, yep, tomorrow, tomorrow. And it's funny because yeah. I messaged you and you're like, yeah, I'm not right now, you know, whatever was going on. And then thankfully you messaged me recently because I, I forget what's the yeah. message. So thank you I for know. getting that to me. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. And life just gets in the way because I think when you first asked me, I reckon I just had Jasper and I was working oh. on my 90s mixtape show. So I was a bit yeah, like. Right. Yeah. It's all happening. I was juggling a few things. So, yeah. Yeah. But we're here. That's the main thing. Yes. And it's wonderful, wonderful to speak to you. Even though we're in the same town, we're zooming it today just because it's good with the kids and, and life. So, making it work. So much easier. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So, the power of the internet. Yes. So before we jump in and talk about exciting things that are happening right now, I want to go yeah. back to how did you first get into music? So my answer used to be that I stumbled into music mm-hmm. because I came from a sporting background. So my mum's side of the family were very sporty. I was very much a tomboy. Um but I used to sing with my dad and my dad is Scottish and his mother was a beautiful singer yeah. and he was actually in a Bee Gees tribute band oh, with his cool. brothers. Yeah, right. Yeah, so um, when they were living in Wyala, they did a few gigs. The karaoke yeah. machine um, still comes out at all of their, like, family do's and, yeah. like, they're just amazing singers. So I sing because of my Scottish heritage. Mm-hmm. Like that's just, yeah. I do believe that that passes through. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's sure. just, just not a, oh, I just fell into it. Like I think there's a deeper reason as to why um, I got into it. Um, I really first connected with singing when I watched The Bodyguard. Ah, yeah, right. And I heard Whitney Houston sing. And I used to sing with that, but I never thought anything of it. And then I watched that and I was like singing her songs and I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. But I didn't come from, I don't come from like a stage school background. So I didn't do a Steadfords. I wasn't in a choir. So I just didn't, didn't even think that singing could be a possibility. So I just sort of would do it in my bedroom. I know that sounds cliche, but I would just, you know, sing along. Um, and didn't think anything of it really until I went to boarding school in Hamilton when I was 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had like a music and drama program, which wasn't wasn't at Tennyson at the time. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine overheard me sing and she's like, why didn't you audition? I'm like, well, why? <laughs> she's like, oh, you got a really good voice. And yeah. I auditioned for it and just fell in love with it ever since then. Yeah. So I think my... Um, I think I was like 15 or 16 when I had my first singing lesson. Yep. Yeah, but from then I was like, nah, this is what I would like to do. Yeah. So it was like a 
it was like an instant like moment of, oh my gosh, like you can, all this, this singing that you've done your whole life, this can actually turn into something that you do in your future. Yeah, absolutely. And I think my yeah. family were a bit shocked because I was quite shy as a kid. And like I said, I came from that sporting background. Um, so to then all of a sudden, like, you know, end of year 12, I was like, mom, I'm moving to Melbourne. I'm going to have some singing lessons. I think that's what I want to do. And that's just how I got started. Yeah, right. Yeah. So what happened when you moved to Melbourne? How did because I know you've you've been overseas, you've done things like gigs on cruise yep. ships. Like how did it sort of evolve from from that point on? So when I was 18, I moved to Melbourne, had singing lessons, and I just practiced so hard. I was just like, I'm just loving this. And I'm actually wanting to get back to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like the better you get the further along in your career that you get, there's like it feels like more of a job. Like, And just because it's your passion doesn't mean that you love it all the time. So I just remember yeah. like yep. being right in the, the thick of just like singing to different styles and singing in different keys and just just showing up to the, the craft, you know, without any sort of pressure or expectation. Yeah. Um, so I just did that solid for I reckon two or three years. Mm-hmm. And then I had spent 12 months at Dance World in Melbourne. Yeah, right. Yeah, I did um, <laughs> certificate. No, so random. They're like, oh, this is a really good course yep. with, for singers. Like it's dancing, but it's, you know, um, for singers. No, it was more the other way around. <laughs> and I was like way yeah. out of my depth. But I got so much out of it and I think I'm comfortable on stage because I did that. Yeah, right. How many, yep. You know, you do notice that sometimes with singers that haven't had like a movement background that they can be, you know, a bit awkward. So even though yep. I was never going to pursue dancing, um, yep. I still, and I feel like that's what you have to do is you just give things a go and mm-hmm. that all adds to um, how you're shaped as an artist. Mm. Yeah, 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 makes sense. Yes, and then what happened? <laughs> and then, then I moved back to Mount Gambia. Actually, yeah, right. So I was just like broke all the time. Like I was in between, you know, doing shitty hospitality jobs, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to move home for a bit and save some money. And oh, I remember this clear as day. I was at Holly's in Kmart, the oh, yes. cafe, <laughs> and I ran into Dennis O'Carroll. Who oh. I hadn't seen in yeah. years, and I went to went to school with his daughter Chelsea. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, so he, you, you know, you've been doing a bit of singing." He's like, "Go to Dale Cleves because um, Nick Aslan, who's in Bar Trek, is looking for um, they're looking for a new singer." Yeah, and I'd never heard of heard of Bar Trek, so I dropped in my my CD with it. I think I had a Christina Aguilera cover on there, <laughs> and. I auditioned to be in that band. Yeah. So that was like my first first paid gig. Yeah, right. Yeah. Was gigging in that Gambia. Yeah. Oh, there you go. 
Oh, that, that yeah. was, I remember those days, like going out and, and dancing away. So much fun. It was so, and it was a thriving scene. Oh, back was then. it ever? Well, yeah. Like yeah. you could not move in Flanagan's. You could not move in Shadows, the Gambia. Like, yeah. I was gigging a lot. Yeah. And I think that was just such a huge learning curve because singing in, t- in your bedroom, singing in a band. Yeah. And some of those songs were rock, so getting your voice to cut through but still using the right technique and then mm-hmm. throw a few drunks in the mix, you know, like yeah. it's it's and, <laughs> Yeah. And back then too, different. people would have been out of smoke in pubs as well. So that would have been oh, yeah. quite horrible for your voice. Yeah. Like not great. It survived. <laughs> Just oh, and like good. when you did a gig at Shadows. I think our set started at 12.30 at night. Yeah, right. <laughs> Three to four o'clock. Oh, God. Yeah. Those days are long gone. That's okay. I'm not yearning for that time, even though that was <laughs> awesome. I'm like yeah. the thought of doing that and then having to, you know, deal with two toddlers. Uh, no. Not happening. <laughs> not happening. Oh, I did do like a Sunday session vibe, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Finish off. Finished by four, six o'clock at night. Yeah. Uh, Back home for bedtime for the kids. Yeah. Witching hour has started. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. So how long did you spend um, doing, like, gigging in Mount Gambia before you moved away again? Um, so that was, I reckon, two years. Mm-hmm. But whilst I was here, I went and um, my first trip overseas and my first overseas singing gig was in South Korea. Ah. So I um, I reckon I was 21. Yeah, right. Where I got a, a job in a trio yeah. singing covers six nights, a, six nights a week. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> How does your voice hold up doing that, like back to back to back to back? Not too bad. Yeah. I n- never really, I'm lucky, I think. If I tried to do it now, I think I would. Yeah, right. I feel like I've, because I was gigging a lot down here and mm-hmm. doing those like big pop rock songs as well. Um, yeah. I felt like I was gig fit yeah. for it. Um, and not all of the songs were like, say, your big, big numbers. They were like, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes more like jazz ballads. Um, so you could sort of go easy. Yeah. There was, yeah. Another, there was another singer as well. So it wasn't just all on me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That would have been good. Old school memories are nothing like the modern days. Everybody. I reckon, yeah, I moved back. To Mount Gambia for 12 months. Yeah. And then I moved to London. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I was in London for five years mm-hmm. working, you know, various jobs. I worked for the Halifax Bank of Scotland. Yeah, right. Which ended up giving me an awesome opportunity. So every year the Halifax Bank of Scotland would recruit colleagues for their TV commercials. Uh-huh. <laughs> like to star in their TV commercials, yeah. and it used to be used to be you know 
they'd get them to sing. Yeah. For the year that I auditioned, we had to do these stunts. I actually probably should post this advert that I was in because it was an absolute incredible experience. Yeah. So I auditioned for it. They were like, are you scared of heights? I'm like, no, like, you know, I was quite sporty and we grew up in the country. That's not a problem. Like, That's a bit random that you're asking that. (laughs) Um, Ended up getting, getting selected to be in this TV advert. Yep. Got flown from London to New Zealand to film this advert. Oh, wow. And my part of the scene was leaping over these massive human pillars to pass someone a five-pound note. Oh. Halifax Bank of Scotland was, you know, giving you extra type thing. Oh, my God. But I had to, like, train for this. I worked with um, the stunt team that worked on Australia, the, the movie with Nicole Kidman. Like, it was a wow. huge production. The director... Yeah has then gone on to um, be the director for Lion, the movie that's won, oh. you know. Yeah, because I remember yeah. watching it so I'm like, oh, my God, I've worked with him before. It's like. That's what we see, me. Yeah, exactly. Like it was just such an incredible experience. Yeah. I feel like I've yeah. seen it. I reckon I've seen like years I have ago, posted I it before. shared it and I reckon I've seen it, but I can't, I'm, you know, vaguely remembering. So you didn't get to sing in it, but you got to like throw yourself around. <laughs> yeah. I had a harness on, was flying through the air. It was pretty cool. <laughs> oh, wow. What an experience. Oh my It gosh. really was. Like oh. I feel like when I went to London and I, I feel like I probably always had this attitude, like, I'm just going to show up and give things a go. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in my 20s. I was like, this is what it's, you know, all about. This is what the travelling life's all about. Um, So I, yeah, was in a Bollywood music video as an extra. Yeah, I just literally signed up to everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, good idea. Really cool. I actually studied music there as well. Yeah, right. Which was an incredible experience. So I did um, a diploma in popular music at mm-hmm. tech music schools. I think it's called something different now. Yeah. But they also had like, um, so they had tech vocals, drums, bass, guitar. And once a week you'd, had to, you'd have to learn a song. So the singers would have to learn the song, the drummer would have to learn the song, guitar player, bass player, and you had to learn the backing vocals and you'd just have to get up and do it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was pretty intense, but what a um what a great discipline to be prepared mm. i yeah. probably lacked some of that in my early um my early career not like being prepared for auditions for getting my words get becoming like overly nervous and that was like a huge learning curve like no you need to learn your shit so that when you can get up there you can nail it and you can be confident and i think that's the key to confidence and this is what I, you know, when I was was teaching singing, like you have to practice this. You know, you know, how people are like, oh, don't be nervous, just get up there, just be confident. Well, that doesn't really help, does it? Mm, no. That's it. <laughs> I find if I'm overly nervous about something, I've it's not the right thing, or I'm mm-hmm. not prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've made that you know mistake before. So like I still to this day, like if I've got something coming up, I have to be prepared otherwise I'll just be be an absolute wreck Mm. yeah Yeah. I can I can relate to that like I had someone ask me once if I get nervous and I said 
I only get nervous if I don't know exactly what I'm doing. Like I feel yes. like if you know what you're doing, and I don't know if you do this, but I, I visualize myself in whatever space it's going to be. Even if I haven't necessarily been there, I can just imagine myself being on stage and then I sort mm-hmm. of just feel comfortable that I know where I'm going to be, I know what I'm doing, and so then there's really no need to feel nervous, you know. Like, And that's not a conceited or an ego thing, but it's like you know your voice, you know what you're doing, yes. you know. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but then I've had other people say, oh, you, if you're not nervous, it means it's not important enough to you. And it's like, well, I don't know about that either because I don't no, know. I don't know. <laughs> no. It's a little bit but funny, I think, I think. Yeah, and I think you can channel nerve. Like it, I think it's normal to be nervous, but you're excited about it. Yeah. Like this is yeah. my moment because I'm prepared. Mm-hmm. I've put yeah. in the work. I love to do this. Mm-hmm. And all, all I have to do now is be in the moment and enjoy it. Because if I'm enjoying it, everyone else is. Like there's nothing mm-hmm. worse than seeing another performer suffer on stage and you can see it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just horrible because you know what that's like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, and it doesn't, and for me it doesn't actually matter what the size of the gig is. Mm, yeah, yep. It's just what I yeah have to put in place so I can enjoy it. Mm. So I'm not an absolute, you know, nervous wreck. Yeah. I'm going to follow this lead, so we'll come back to your other bits and bobs that you've done. But I want to ask, that putting things in place now as a mum of two, that would also be who's going to look after the kids and how am I going to rehearse when I've got two kids? Like all that sort of stuff. That's a massive new element to it, doesn't it? Massive new element. But I think being a musician and an artist, I can practice around them. Mm Mm-hmm. Is it easy? No, it is not. <laughs> um, you got to grab the moments when they're there. Um, but, yeah, I just do my best to work around them. I also, I don't get this right all the time, but I try to not have the old Tamara head on. Like, oh, before kids I ha- was able to work at this pace. I think that's where, you know, I can become undone. I think other mums can come undone as well because they're trying to perform at a level before motherhood. Mm. Yeah, And it's pretty much an impossible task because your life is different. Yeah. And I'm not saying you can't still do what you love to do and I think you, you need that to be you know, a good mum. I feel like I'm a better mum when I sing, when I've got like side projects. I feel like I'm, and I love that I can include my kids as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Because quite often they'll come into band practices. I remember when, say, I reckon Jasper was four months old and Marie and I were practising my 90s mixtape and we are doing the chorus medley at the end, which was like 20 choruses back to back in one song. 
<laughs> and the last song's Absolutely Everybody by Vanessa Amorossi. And I'm oh, singing, uh, yeah, yeah. singing that high <laughs> note at the end. I'm breastfeeding Jasper at this time, like doing it. And I'm, I'm like, oh, my gosh. But I actually felt really empowered. I'm like, I can do this. Mm, yeah. It just is showing up differently. And yeah. that's okay. Yeah, and not putting those, like you said, comparing yourself to the life you had before because I feel like that just, it just makes you feel bad or guilty or mm-hmm. something. It's like there's no point trying to drag yourself back into that space. Absolutely. There's no going back. Whether you decide to be a, a mum or not, there's no going back. But how, like, I feel like there's so many people that are so attached to their old life. Mm-hmm instead of embracing what's happening now and being in the moment now. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not, you know, 25 in London anymore. I'm not, you know, singing on a cruise ship anymore. I don't want to do that either because I have done that. That chapter of my life was bloody awesome. Yeah. But I'm in a new chapter now. Yeah. And my music's different now and I'm showing up in a different way now. But I think that's exciting instead of being oh, I'm not my old self, wasn't a mum before, now I am. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. That is a great way to look at it. So um, you you mentioned the cruise ships there. Let's have a quick chat about what you were doing and how long you were doing it for. Yeah. So when I was living in London, I auditioned to be a lead singer in a band um, on Disney for Disney Cruise Line. Yeah. Right. So I got um, so I got the I got the gig, and I spent three months traveling around the Caribbean. <laughs> it <Awesome>. was terrible. <laughs> Would have been raining the whole time. No sunshine. Oh, oh, it was so beautiful. <laughs> I, had the, I had the best after that. <laughs> oh, I bet. It's been amazing. Oh. Yeah, it really was. Um, and that was, yeah, a huge learning curve because it was theme night. So sometimes it was, you know, Motown, jazz. We did one set a week in front of the the Goofy Pool and we'd perform with the Disney characters. Oh, how fun. <laughs> Magic of Disney, though, Alison, it was mm. like just the joy on everyone's faces and you would, you know, get lost in the moment as well. It was, yep. yeah, it was a really, really good gig. Yeah. No, it sounds ship like life, though, living on a ship is mm. a bit mm, not my cup of tea. I yeah. think I always knew that, but I was like, I want to do this once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do Give a it a crack. Yeah. 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 Um, and I'm glad I did it, but no. Nah. I want to be living on the land <laughs> in my in my own space. Yeah. <laughs> Not in a cabin right down the bottom with no windows. Oh, oh, that'd be horrible. Like, did you get do you get seasick or like queasy down there? I did a couple of times when it was rough. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But the, you can't see the, the waters in the Caribbean are pretty calm, so it wasn't too bad. Yeah. But yeah. Mm. You, you wouldn't take a job like that if you suffered from sex. 
I can just imagine, like, I get pretty seasick as it is, but if you were down somewhere with no window, I reckon that would just do your head in. You just feel like you're in a box. That was the worst bit, I would say. Yeah. Like quite often I'm like, I'm just going up to the top deck. I just need some sunlight. Yeah. It's just not not great. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So Sorry, how long did you do that for, you said? Three months. Yeah, right. Oh, that would have been amazing. Yeah, yeah, I love that. You, it's so good that you've got all these wonderful experiences you can look back on and just like you said, you can yeah. say that was amazing. I'm not doing that now. I've moved on in life. But you've got all these awesome things and all these stories. I think that's so cool. Yeah, it is cool. <laughs> oh, I love it. And I guess you would have probably learnt heaps like working with different people along the way too, like picking up things from different musicians and, you know, just keeping them in your back pocket for next time sort of thing. Absolutely. And I actually think it's a great masterclass for songwriting. Yeah, right. You know, could you watch what the audience get into? So like mm-hmm. when does that when you know a song lifts or certain hooks and phrasing and styles, like just all those types of things. Like I find some, you know, indie singer songwriters really turn their nose down at, you know, cover band singers. But <laughs> I think how are you meant to learn if you don't try every flavour of ice cream, you know? Yeah. Yep. And, you know, do, doing cover gigs, you do have to sometimes sing songs you don't necessarily like. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you quite often will find songs that you really like and connect with that you didn't didn't think you would. So mm. I actually think it was, um, yeah, an amazing experience to, to do that. Yeah. Do you find that? I mean, this is my personal experience that I think the best way that I've learned my what my voice can do and my range and what I'm capable of is singing other people's songs because I wouldn't write songs like mm-hmm. the other people that I sing their music. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. it's actually been really useful to be singing lots of songs over many years to sort of see what you can do and learn where you can push yourself and where you can learn more. Absolutely. And I have loved doing that because I like I said, I love like Whitney, Mariah. I'd never change mm-hmm. the key. Like I probably sound like a, you know, animal in the paddock <laughs> when I was practising it. But how are you yeah. meant to know what you're capable of if you don't go there? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So everyone's like, oh, how do you, you know, sing that high? Because I let myself go there and practise that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I do yourself. think. Everyone's voices are different. Like I don't have a low voice. Mm-hmm. Like I probably would never tackle like a Tracy Chapman song in the original key because it, you know, I just can't sing that low. So I think, yeah, but that's what makes us all, you know, special and unique. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's yeah. the beauty, beauty of the voice, you know, that everyone um, has different, you know, colours and textures and sounds and yeah, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I, I, I know there's like. I don't know, like you talk about that sort of stigma of being a cover singer, but I don't know, people people love hearing songs that they know. And this is something I've struggled with placing original songs in sets over the years because people yeah. love, and I do it too. When I go out, I love to hear a song I know and, you know, tap my foot and sing along. And, um, so this, Absolutely. I don't know, this, people should stop bagging it because <laughs> they probably love it too. <laughs> Exactly. Like uh, I'm not ashamed to say that I'm, uh, you know, my guilty pleasures are power ballads. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like I went to see Celine Dion in Vegas. It was amazing. Yeah, right. It would have been pretty special. <laughs> and do you know what? You're not just one thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like that's, yeah. The, that's the exciting thing, you know, with being a singer that you can decide what you want to do. Like you can, you know, and I've seen that with the work that you do. You can sing on dance tracks. You can do jazz. You can do folk. You can do acoustic. You can do yep. whatever the hell you want to do. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? That's why I sometimes hate that question, oh, who are you as an artist? Well, mm. I don't know. You're you. I'm me. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes yeah. I want to sing this and sometimes I want to sing that and it's like yeah. I don't, like I don't think I'd put out an album that like the first song was a, you know, it was death metal and then it was a power ballad. Like I think that would be yeah. a bit confusing, but I'm just, I'm not into those labels. Mm. I've actually gotten less and less keen on like labeling genres and to the point where I'll stop putting myself in competitions because they want to know what your genre is. I'm like, I can't tell you. Yeah. I just, it depends what mood I'm in <laughs> or who I'm working with and, you know. I know. All that sort of yeah. thing. So it's very restrictive. I, I wish there was less less of that sort of talk in the industry. But they, they've got to know it's like they've got to work out how to deal with you. They've got to know what you do and it's easy for them if they can pigeonhole you into something. And why do they need to know how old you are? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. That Don't is a whole other kettle of fish. Yeah. Oh, yep. like I think the I think it's getting better. Yep. But I found like, you know, I when I was in Melbourne, I can't remember what audition it was, but and I was like 18 or 19. Oh, no, you're too old for that. Oh, Lord. I was, I was oh, my God. Young. So young. And I believed it for a long time. So I never really took myself like that seriously because I just thought, oh, like I'm never probably going to have a career in it because you clearly have to be two to get signed. <laughs> <laughs> it's bizarre. What does it matter? You're listening to The Art of Being a Mum with my mum, Alison Newman. I think the older you get, the more life experience you have. And I've known personally the better songwriting I'm doing as I get older. I think even since I've had kids, it like this whole new perspective on your life and it's so much richer, you know, and to be able to reflect on that. And But they want us all to be young and, I don't know, single and not have kids and... But that's mainstream. See, I reckon the amount of yes. people I've talked to in the indie indie world, no one gives a shit. Like people, it's, people. If you've got a good song and you like people like what you what you're putting out there, that's all that matters. And I feel like a lot of people, people that I t- talk to anyway, are just really not even bothering with mainstream stuff. Not even trying to knock down those doors because it's just yeah. First thing, how old are you? They see you're a woman. Have you got kids? Like that's the end of you. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah, and there's no point even, like, trying to go there. Like, I'm not trying to be the um, next teen sensation to appeal to a younger audience because there's actually some really amazing young artists coming through that are tapping into that market beautifully. Let them own that. 
Um, I just think there's, you know, enough room for all of us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We don't need to be pegged up against each other. Yeah. We all have, um, you know, different um, stories to tell, different songs to put out there that can't really, you can't compare it because mm. they're not the same, you know. Yeah, that's here. Um, so I just, yeah, I, it doesn't, that doesn't bother me anymore, but it really did back then. And because I was so young, when now I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm here to, I think if I'm authentic to myself and I'm proud of the work that I'm putting out there and I get to work with all the amazing people in this community and in the, you know, in the, in the music world that I've connected with, Tick, you've already won because yeah. you're proud of it. Yeah, that's Regardless it. of, you know, the followers, the views. Yeah, yeah. That's you it. Know, you could get ego so caught likes up. that. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, I've got ten thousand views on my, you know, yeah. YouTube. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny one. But that is it connecting? Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. So you're talking about songwriting. I want to talk to you about when did you start start um, writing your own songs? When I was studying in London. Yeah, right. So, you know, we would take songwriting classes there. We'd perform original songs. But then I sort of stopped because I was getting quite a lot of, you know, cover band work and that's when I went, you know, on the Disney ship and from the Disney ship, I got a job singing in the Middle East. Ah, that's was that Doha? Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. So I got a job singing six nights a week with that same band that I worked with on the on the Disney cruise ship. Yeah, cool. Um, at the Intercontinental Hotel in in Doha. Yeah, right. And we were one of the first Western bands there. Oh wow! <laughs> so, like, we were treated like rock stars. Oh. I feel like that was my rock star moment. <laughs> oh, how cool. Yeah, it was so cool. So two weeks into the gig, they had the big day out festival on, on the beach. They had mm-hmm. like Herbstank, Top Loader. They got in like a couple of other big bands. I can't remember off the top of my head. But it was like this massive festival on the beach. I'm like, oh, can you open up for them? And we're like, oh. Uh, <laughs> Sure. Oh my God. <laughs> it was just like a scene from a movie. Like it was just like huge budget, massive yeah. stage, big audience. Like the sound was epic. It yep. was just hot, balmy weather on the beach. I'm like, oh. this is a vibe. <laughs> oh man. Why would yeah, you want to was- come home from that? <laughs> But what you learn too mm. with being in this industry, it's not all highs. Yeah, yeah. And it's um, very easy to fall into the trap and I'm guilty of it, of always wanting that feeling, always wanting that high. 
and it's mm-hmm. life's not like that mm-hmm. and it's not all about those big gigs you know I've done gigs where like you're literally playing to nobody tables and chairs yeah. sing it everybody oh wait there's no one there you know like it's just yeah, yeah. But, you know, it makes you appreciate when you do get opportunities like that because they're not all, you know, the showstoppers. Yeah, that's it, isn't and, it? And that's and that's okay because it's about, um, and this is what I've learned since having kids, is enjoying the process more. I recently did a music video and remix of my first single, Release yes. Me. I was going to ask you about that. Let's talk about that now. <laughs> yeah, so I wrote that in Doha. Um, yeah. That's And that was my first song I'd ever written, released. I was 28. Yeah, right. Um, I was like, oh, I've got to push myself here. You know, I've been doing this this cover band gig for a while, which I've enjoyed, but I wanted to um, challenge myself and the opportunity to work with a producer there Um Came up, and then a friend of mine who who is a videographer just out of the blue said, "Are you working on any originals?" I'm like, "Well, actually, I am." He goes, "Do you want to shoot a music video?" I'm like, "Sure." No <laughs> um, and I think from that moment, I'm like, "Oh, I really want to explore songwriting more. Mm-hmm. I really want to, you know, go down this path." Yeah. So yeah. when you were writing at that point, what was where were you drawing your inspiration from as compared to now, I guess? Um, so that's that song's about that's heartbreak. Yep. It's a pop ballad. It's about, you know, an old flame having a hold on your heart. Um, so it was sort of <laughs> weird singing it now because I'm like, I'm happily married, I've got two kids, I drive a <laughs> here, like life's cool, living. Yeah. <laughs> in Mount Gambia, very different to, you know, what I was going through at the time. Yeah. But you can always put that hat back on, even mm-hmm. if you're not in that place. I don't know if you find that, Alison, like with oh, your God, yeah. Even if you're, yeah yes. <laughs> and I think there's something beautiful about that type of vulnerability, like that heartbreak. I think that's why people bloody love Adele. Oh, like she's yeah. willing to go there. Yeah. yeah. And it's just so beautiful to you know um hear that vulnerability in music like I really connect with with songs like that Mm, yeah yeah and and that's why I wanted to strip that song back a bit more as well Mm, yeah congratulations on that when I heard it for the first time I just thought oh this is lovely because I actually listened to the original a few days before I was driving at drive to robe and I thought I'll just listen to the original just to prepare myself for for the change and it, it's beautiful tomorrow congratulations oh, thank you so lovely and yeah you talked about your film clip tell us about that because that is amazing I'm going to put a link oh. to that in your show notes because people need to see this it's a piece oh. of art basically it's divine oh. <laughs> thank you <laughs> but you know it was a team effort <laughs> yeah you know like my sister-in-law had that beautiful Roberto Cavalli g- oh. gown hanging divine. in a cup yeah like 
you know, so lucky to that was, a, you know, an art piece that suited the venue. I'm like, these oh, dress yeah. and the venue belong together. You could not have done it any more perfectly. Seriously, it's just incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, and to film it, have you ever been to Yellen Park? I haven't actually ever been there, oh, no. You have to go. So yeah. Yellen Park is just outside of Panola. It is one of, I think it's Australia's best um, preserved Victorian home. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Let me rephrase that, mansion. Um, Yes, mansion. (laughs) It's absolutely spectacular. You know, the old piano, the the vintage furniture, the original wallpaper, that staircase with the stained glass window. Like it was Mm. just, you feel the magic when when you walk in there. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, you know, because homes aren't built like that anymore. So just, you know, feel like you're stepping back in time. And, like, to do that down here is really important to me because I always thought, like, oh, I don't know if I could ever live, you know, in Mount Gambier again. Is this going to fulfil me enough because, I, you know, lived in London and Mm. travelled a lot? But it's actually been the best thing for me. Yeah, right to be able to um like work with the people that I've been been able to work with in that time like we're so lucky down here like we mm. don't have to go to the city sometimes you do and you have to source that work outside of the community but we're just so lucky yeah there are some seriously talented people in Mount <laughs> like it's just it, yeah you don't have to go far to find someone that's got a skill that, that can help you with something isn't that fun? Like, you know, I've worked with Katie Fox. But oh, yes. Like, over, she's just so beautiful and, like, she's just yeah. so much fun on set and we just have a laugh and, yeah, it was just, yeah, really special to to do that with all my my favourite creative yeah. friends. Yeah. 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 No, that's really nice. I've often thought of that. Like, you think, oh, now I've got kids, I can't go away and record in in Melbourne for two weeks nonstop, you know, all this sort of stuff. And you sort Mm -hmm. of think, yeah, it's actually, you feel really proud when you do something down here because it's like almost saying, you know, and up yours to to people that think you have to leave a small town to to achieve things. You don't. Yeah. (laughs) You really don't. Look, logistically, is it a bit challenging? Like I'm thinking... Oh, if I'm going to do a tour at some point, what's that going to look like? Mm-hmm. But you can still make it happen. And yeah. I think sometimes making it happen in your own small way. Mm-hmm. It's not about, um, yeah, trying to be the biggest and the bestest, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like what's achievable in your world and it may not look like yeah. what it is for somebody else. But that's yeah. another thing that uh, I've been talking before about as you get older, not worrying so much about stuff. And like, I used to be really competitive, like think, oh, someone's doing that. Oh, I wish I could do that. And and in like my twenties and now it's like, well, good on them. Like you can actually look at someone and appreciate what they've done and what they're doing. And it's, it's a really great way to be because you just, I don't know, you're not caught up in, you know, all this, especially on the social media with all the things you see from people, but um, you can sort of just, you know, I can't remember where I was going with this. I've gotten there now and I can't remember what my point was at the start of it. It might come back to me. But, yeah, basically, (laughs) oh, yeah, ego. You think I've got to do this in in this way because such and such did this way and this is how people expect you to do a tour. But it's like, no, actually, break it down. What works for me, my family, my location, and just 
don't worry about what people think because it matters what you think. <laughs> you have to live with you at the end of the day. Mm, yeah. And why, you know, go down a path that's not authentic to you that's going to actually make you probably end up hating music because mm. you're not staying true to who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're, the, you know, live in a society that's obsessed with busy and big and hustled hard and do this. If you want to, mm. you know, like pulling you in, in directions that actually you don't want to go. Mm. But that's, you know, what I've realized, especially since having kids, I'm in the driver's seat here. I get to decide, not people pulling me in other di- directions mm. of where I, you know, want to go. Yeah. That's and incredibly that, empowering, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Like, you know, you don't have to be signed anymore. We have yeah. the internet. So even though that's, you know, with the streaming and making money's a, a little bit more challenging, but your reach is absolutely endless. Mm. So there's yeah. so many, there's so many positives yeah 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 i love that I want to take you on down a different path um, about this topic we have. I love to talk to my guests about the old faithful mum guilt, which is mm-hmm. something that it's an interesting one because I've had, I think I have had two guests who genuinely didn't know what it was. And I thought, yeah. this is amazing. They actually had to, one had to Google it and one asked me to explain it. Um, and that, they're That's awesome, well and though. truly in the minority. But, yes, it is awesome and there should be more like it um, going on. But, yeah, share your thoughts, what you think about mum guilt. Mum guilt. Mum <laughs> um, guilt is very real. Mm. I've definitely experienced it. Do I believe in it? I don't. Mm-hmm. I think it's toxic. Why would we sh- be shaming mums for taking time away from their family to do something that they love to do or to go for a walk down the street. Oh, where are your kids? Um, mm. I can have time away from my kids, you know. Yeah. But you don't say that to their father. <laughs> Tell me about it. Right? <laughs> it's such double um, standards. It really is. Um, I feel guilty if I'm feeling stressed about something and I take it out on my kids if I'm a bit short with them. That's when I feel bad. Mm-hmm. I'm let them down in that way, but I don't feel I don't feel bad about being creative. I include my kids in that. I share my music with them. How is that a bad thing? I think it's just another layer of making mums feel like shit mm. and putting them up on this ridiculous pedestal of trying to be absolutely everything to everybody, and it's an impossible standard to keep. Mm. Yep. And men are drowning because of it. Yeah. Yep. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. So I do feel it. It is there, but I don't spend much time going down that path because I don't genuinely believe in mum guilt. Mm-hmm. It's fair yep. on mums. Yeah. That's so well said. 
it's like it is it is it's like a thing that someone came up with just to add another layer of you know we don't feel bad enough about things so let's just put something else onto mums yeah Mm, it's horrible it is horrible it really is yeah good on you for (laughs) fighting against it because it's crap I, i think a lot a lot a lot of women and a lot of mothers are speaking out about it in that way as well. Mm. Like this is BS. It is, yeah. Like why? Why should I feel bad? It doesn't make any sense. No. And like you said earlier, it actually helps you be a better person and, and therefore a better mother when you are being creative and your own needs are being met. It just it sends you out in the world in, in a different headspace. Absolutely. And how cool that I get to share this with my sons. Mm. You know, yep. motherhood and being creative can exist together. doesn't mm. have to be one or the other. And our kids are here to teach us a lesson or two. Look at their imagination. Look at them just being present in the moment. They're not going, ah, oh, I've got to go to the supermarket by this time and I've got to do this, I've got to do that. There's something so special about being around young children. Mm. Oh, I totally agree with that. It's like I spend my days uh, working in a kindergarten and it's just, it really humbles you. It's like all the stuff that you thought in the world was, I mean, it is some stuff is bad, but, you know, the stuff's on your mind, like the trivial things. And then you've Mm -hmm. got a child who's looking at a leaf and just studying the veins on the leaf and it's just like, oh, okay, right, get back to basics, you know. It just really brings you back down to earth. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's about making big things out of the small things. Mm. It's not about this, you know, unachievable goal that's put like that we're being fed this narrative that, oh, if you wake up at this time and if you eat this food and if you do this, if you do that, if you do this, and it's like by the time I get through that bloody list, I've lost 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. And if you read another list, it'd be conflicting. It'd say, don't eat that before such and such, but oh. do this before. And it's just like, hello, we have to actually live our lives. <laughs> I'm calling BS on that as well. Like it's yeah. too much. We are consuming content at a rapid rate. Mm. Like we need yeah. to have those output days where we're just, you know, um, playing around on a keyboard, writing a song, you know, playing outside with our kids without being, oh, mm. so-and-so said this on Instagram and I'm just going to watch this video. I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to do that. And you're just not yeah. being in the moment. And there, I think there's a huge disconnect in society because of this. Mm. Yeah. I reckon the the biggest scary yeah. thing for me is the the like this TikTok era where the the in, uh, what's the word concentration spans are being yes. shortened because you fed this information and, and it turns over so quick. So yep. like I see it in my own kids. It's like they'll watch half of a there's like a a big long video, 
maybe, I don't know, a half an hour and they'll only watch like 10 minutes and then decide they don't like that anymore. It's like, hang on, what about the rest of it? And like in our day, you're watching the television. That was all you had to watch, Channel 8 and, and mm-hmm. the ABC. And you couldn't. Cartoon Connection. <laughs> yes, good old Cartoon Connection. You know, yeah. it's like they're just, they expect to have more and more and different and different constantly at them, you know, and it's like, no, 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 we have to stop this. It's scary. And now, you know, artists are writing songs for TikTok. They're not even writing whole songs anymore. What about bloody Kylie Minogue? Did you see what she's done? I don't think she's even released her latest song. She's just put it out on TikTok and basically got people to make a dance out of it. So that's what's getting the track viral is because they're all doing this dance. It's like she knows how to run the show, doesn't she? (laughs) You don't need a record label anymore. You just need a TikTok account. (laughs) I know. And that's why it's important. I think as an artist to, like I've said before, write songs that you're proud of, mm. that you can um, connect to because what's going to be the next trend? Mm. I can't go there. I'm not going to write a song for TikTok. I'm not going to yeah. write a song in a, you know, in hoping that it's going to go viral. I can't go there. Mm. Yeah. You know, if I can be vulnerable, authentic, like I love writing about the human experience, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's love, loss, adversity, being brave, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, I know that that story, those stories connect with other people because they've been through it as well. Mm, yeah. Yep. So, you know, I'm willing to dabble production-wise, do something a bit different. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, I think, yes, you're chasing your tail if you're trying to write songs just because this is, you know, TikTok's the latest thing or Instagram or do this, do that. Like I think that's not going to, that's not an enjoyable process. Yeah, I was actually going to say that. It would start to feel more like a chore and a job. Yes. And it's not meeting that, the need that you have to express what you need to express, you know. Yeah. So, Yeah. No, I don't even have I don't even have a TikTok account. I don't even want to go there. It's just, just I've just signed up. Have you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know how to use it. <laughs> I'm a major rookie here. Major rookie. Uh, oh goodness me. No. I know. It's funny, isn't it? <laughs> There was a, a quote that uh, you had on your Facebook recently and mm-hmm. you said that that it sparked, like the process had sparked your creativity and it was something that you thought was gone since having your kids. So yeah. have you have you basically put this aside for, how old's your oldest? Sorry, I haven't asked how old is So Max is three and a half and Jasper's yep. two. Yeah, right. So for the past three and a half years, have you done anything for yourself with your music? Not a lot. So that's why I was really nervous to put this out. Like I really enjoyed the process of, you know, doing this remix, doing the video. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when it came for the launch, I'm like, 
oh, I'm freaking out here. Like I haven't been in this headspace for a while. I've been, you know, in mum mode. So it, yeah. um, it was it was a challenge for me to do it. I wouldn't say that that was a walk in the park, you know, because we all had mm. bloody gastro two weeks before the release oh, and like, there's oh all this shit. shit, basically, literally. Um, yes. <laughs> And I was oh, just like, oh, this is so hard to try and do both. It's just yeah. feels like such a an impossible task, but I was just had to keep reminding myself, you can only do your best. Mm. Yeah. Your kids do come first. Um, and that's okay at the moment because they're so little. Yeah. Um but yeah, it was was a challenge. Yeah. But it was also refreshing as well. It's like, oh, I've needed this. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've yes. like since you were fifteen, music has been pretty much your life. So then yes. to have that big break from it, that would have like, did you have times during that time where you were like, oh, I really feel like I have to get back to it, or like, what was you going through your mind at times? I made the point though of always having a little project. Mm-hmm. So I was not back doing gigs to what I was doing previously and at the moment I'm not either and that is totally fine. But I always, oh, my kids are back, high-pitched screen (laughs) in the background. (laughs) Reality check. Um, When I um, fell pregnant with Max, I still had my mobile caravan business, Lemoncello Caravan Bar, Mm -hmm. which was still operating I had staff that would work um in the van for me and he was four months old and I did the barn Christmas show I did a um the limoncello caravan bar cocktail Christmas party yeah um so I I knew I could do two gigs right I just made sure that I had a couple of little projects in Mm -hmm. the pipeline yeah yeah and I think that has helped because if I didn't do that well, COVID kicked off in March. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I fell pregnant with Jasper in the June, halfway through COVID. Yeah. Um, and then what? It, I was working on my '90s mixtape, so we yeah. did that as a part of the 2018 Matt Gambier and Adelaide Fringe. Yeah. And we performed that again, but that I reckon that got re- yeah that got rescheduled. Yeah. Right. COVID, yeah. a week out, mm-hmm. um, and then we finally did it again last year. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Yeah. You that forget was a how long time it. goes, how much time's gone it's, by, don't you? Like, oh, my God. It's a blur. It's so funny, though, having kids in COVID because we're like, oh, how's how's your child going? I'm like, which one? They're like, did you have another one? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> what else Surprise. is there to do? <laughs> Got to keep busy somehow. I've been productive in other ways. Oh, that's classic. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, dear. Your yeah. new remix of Release Me is out. Mm-hmm. What else have you got coming up? Have you got anything sort of 
happening in your brain, like I want to do this and I want to do that. I've got lots of things. That's the that's the problem. <laughs> like I've mm. I've always been like this. Like going back to childhood, like my imagination is wild. And Nick can tell when I'm off on one because I it's like I'm talking to myself. He's like, were you singing something or doing something? I'm like, yeah, I was. Like, I just go into this this other world. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, got a few ideas in the pipeline. Yep. But I don't want to say what I'm going to do because it's a very early stage. Oh, That's okay. Um, you don't have to tell me all your secrets. <laughs> um, I would like to drop a single by the end of the year. But yeah. if that doesn't happen, that's okay because yep. the, the song's got to be right anyway. So mm. I've started, you know, penning a few ideas down. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we'll just see what happens. Oh, good on you. And, yeah, look, honestly, when I saw what you were wearing and that the location for your film clip, I was like, oh, my God, like you could seriously not have found two more perfect things to put together. Like that dress, oh, my God. Like, did you feel like like a, I don't know, like a goddess oh. or something in that dress? Because bloody hell you look good I in it. Like it. I felt like a million bucks because, like, you know, I've been in nursing tops, sweatpants, <laughs> rocking the mum bum bun yep. for the past two years. Like yep. to actually look glamorous, have my hair and makeup done. I'm like, yep. yes, uh. this is them yeah. and this is what I needed at this yeah. moment in time. So it's yeah. like kick-started, like you said, it's kick-started that creativity and now it's like well, the ball's rolling and all these things are happening in your mind. It's exciting, isn't it? <laughs> it is. But then yeah. it's like I'm dealing with two toddlers at the moment, so they, um, yeah, I'm sort of stealing the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Might be able to feature them in the next film clip just for, you know. Yeah. Well, Max is in one of my film clips. Oh, is he? Yep. And I was pregnant with Jasper as well. So oh. did you see Eileen, the tribute I did to my grandmother? Yes, I did. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh. This is what I mean. Like my kids and family yeah. are a part of my music. Mm. That's our legacy. And how bloody cool is that? Yeah. I love that. that like awesome. mum said to me, probably the best um, thing you'll ever do is sing with your kids. And at the time I was probably quite young. I was like, oh, really? And then I'm like, nah, this is cool. Yeah. How cool yeah. that I can take you on this journey. And, like, Max is like, oh, mummy, you're going to go singing now and I want to come. And <laughs> for them to see me as that as well as being their mum is super cool. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I feel like that is for me personally, that's where I find the most pride, I think, that they can see that their mother is not, the mother is still Alison and is still their own person. Like I'm still me yes. and and my life does not exist to, to solely do one, you know, role. I do all these other things and I love that the kids know that. I think that's so important for like, I don't want to say feminism moving forward, but it's it's. I think it's really important for them to get that that women just because they have children doesn't make them obsolete in the in our society. Absolutely, and that's inspiring, and that's success. Mm. You're yeah. allowed to say that. I feel like you can't say, "Oh, I love, I love being a mum." Like I really mm. do. Like I absolutely love it. Am I perfect? 
No. Perfect's not a word that exists. (laughs) Like, and do you know what? I don't want my kids to think that I'm perfect. So Mm. if I'm, you know, get a bit toey at them because they've, you know, spilled Milo down the wall or put a golf club through the TV, like, (laughs) and I get a bit cross about it. Yeah. I apologise and go, oh, sorry, I did get a bit cross because we're all human. Mm. We're not perfect. I don't want to be put up on that pedestal. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like you're sending your kids out with unrealistic unrealistic expectations of what you know, relationships are and what you can expect from other people. It's like we are actually allowed to get shitty and annoyed at each other. Yeah. Feel these emotions. You're allowed to feel this stuff. Um, I don't know. I feel like the previous, like when I was a kid, you know, you wouldn't see your parents in these ways of expressing themselves. They were just mum and dad and they. I didn't know anything else about what they did. But, you know, I want yeah. my kids to know that I'm a full whole person with all these Absolutely. other elements to me. <laughs> And I love you regardless of what you show me. Yeah. So if you are angry, that's okay. I want you to come to me. My door's always open. Ask me anything. Yeah. I was by far the, you know, perfect teenager. I get it. Been (laughs) there, done that, got the T-shirt. You know, like it's, I don't, um, yeah, I don't want them to strive for perfection and I I don't either. Mm. Yeah. You know, and how many mums are trying to be the perfect mum? Yeah. Doesn't work. Oh, there's a really the good. Burden to carry. Oh, it is. And and I, I had an episode with um, Sophie Brock, who's a, Dr. Sophie Brock, who's a um, motherhood sociologist. And mm-hmm. she said the perfect mother myth, like the perfect mother does not exist because there's no. an exercise she gets you to do where you write down all the things that you think makes up a perfect mother. I'm putting that in air quotes. And you, when you look at that and you read that back, it do, that person cannot physically exist. But, you know, we're all told we're meant to do these things and be certain ways and behave this and don't do that and make sure you do that. It's like, what the hell? Um, well, you, oh, you know what I hate, especially mm. from people that don't have kids? Well, you chose to be a mum. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Nah. It's like you're allowed to complain about your office job. Yeah. Like I've... <laughs> You know, two feelings can exist at the same time. Oh, I yes. love my kids and grateful, but also you're doing my bloody head in. I'm mm-hmm. sick of cleaning up all this food off the floor. This mess is making me feel overwhelmed and overstimulated. We're allowed to have these honest conversations. Yeah. You're allowed to say that it's hard because it bloody is. Yeah. Yeah. But also it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you meet your child for the first time, like how could I love something so much? Yeah, I've experienced this before. You know, yeah, yeah. It's it is. Oh, look, that ambivalence—that two thoughts at the same time that are both true—is one something I find incredibly fascinating about being a mum. Like, I, I'd be like, oh, geez, I could, I could literally throw myself in front of a moving car to save your life. But could you just eat your bloody tea, please? Like, stop messing around and eat your food. <laughs> you know, totally. The extremes are just intense. <laughs> It really is. Oh, man. Oh, that's um, funny. Um, it is. Yeah.
Now, have you got anything else you wanted to share before I let you go? Because I'm conscious we're rolling on to the witching hour. So, hour, <laughs> screaming in the background. Clearly, oh. someone's hungry. So, oh. I'm um, obsessed with flamingos. I love them. Ah, that's a lovely mug. And I um, found this amazing quote on Instagram about flamingos, and I want to share it with you. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful. So flamingos lose their pink when they're raising their babies because it's such an intense process. Eventually it comes back. If you're deep in postpartum motherhood right now, Mama, remember you will get your pink back. Oh, I love that. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Yeah. I just like got it's goosebumps not, when you said that. <laughs> under the crowd, I was like, oh, but it's so true. Like it's actually okay to surrender to to motherhood and being that because it is so full on you don't have to you know try and still have a full-time career like it's Mm. it's okay yeah yes you know and you will get your your shine your shine back (laughs) just just tell that tell our listeners what you're wearing tomorrow (laughs) yeah i'm wearing a sequin bomber jacket it's so bling. Yeah, that's it, isn't it. And like, yeah, being patient and knowing that, like, yep. you know, we move through life and people get older. And well, I love people who say that the seasons change. You know, I'm in a different season of my life now. It's like, yeah, and sometimes it's hard to do that. You know, to really to go, oh, but I remember this and I remember that, and it's okay to give yourself a break. You know, and um, yeah, your pink will I come. Art, I think your art is better for it sometimes when you take a break. Mm. Why aren't we talking about this enough? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The stillness that your priorities do change. Mm. Doesn't mean it's lost forever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. Oh, God, you say some good things. I'm going to have so many <laughs> quotes when I put this together. <laughs> that oh. flamingo one isn't mine. I stole that one. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. But you said it today, so that's good. Yeah. Like I feel like as a mum we're holding on to a lot of shame that's not necessary, mm. like you know, pursuing our creative dreams. We're also carrying on like these old stories and old narratives that don't that, that don't serve us. Mm. And I think it's, you know, we sometimes need to shatter a legacy that's holding us back mm. and, that, and that that's, you know, um, belief system doesn't um doesn't work for me and it's okay for me to and what's important is to do what's right for my family Mm. and that might not be what someone else would do but that's okay and I think you have to be comfortable in that because everyone's got an opinion oh oh, yeah (laughs) everyone will tell you what they think won't they (laughs) and you know especially you know 
I look at my grandmother's generation, they lived in a different time. Of course, they're going to have a different perspective on what motherhood should be or what life should be. Mm. Some of those values are amazing, but some of them don't hold up in in modern society. Mm. So it's really um, important to, to stay in your lane yeah. and to be comfortable in the choices that you make as a family. Yeah, that's and, it. You know, my kids feel loved. They're seen, they're heard, they're happy. My husband's happy. I'm happy. Yeah. That's, you know, that's the main thing. Yeah. That is that is awesome. Yeah. I saw I saw a quote the other day, sort of similar to that, like, I'm going to get this wrong. I'm going off by heart, but I can't remember. It was something about how we're the really the first generation of mothers who have got this this thing coming at them saying, oh, you can do it all, you can do this, you could do that. So that that sort of post-feminist movement of that you can do it all. But then our mothers didn't do it all. They probably had jobs and then stopped working to have kids. And mm-hmm. now we're at this point where we do want to express ourselves and we do want to do other things apart from the mothering role. So we're just caught yeah. in limbo of how, like, I don't want to say how do you get it right because I don't think you ever get it right, but how do you make it work, you know, like you were saying, like for your family and it's it's really hard not to look around and seeing what other people are doing, listening to other voices. It's like put your blinkers on and just do what works for you. Like you said, stay in your lane. And if you if you're all happy, then that's all that matters. Absolutely. Um yeah, because you're always gonna feel that pull. Like how often do you hear, well back in back oh. in our day, we didn't yeah. do this. Yeah. It was a different life, completely different circumstances. Absolutely. And I want to um make sure that when my kids especially when they're a bit older, that I'm up to speed with what's going on in schooling. They're living through a different time than I did as a child. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really important, not projecting your experience onto your kids like mm. our parents did, like, you know, my my parents' parents did. Yeah, exactly. Like some of those, yeah. those values were good, but some of those things are not. Yeah, Yeah, that's so true. That is a really good way to put it. so much for coming on tomorrow i've loved chatting with you this evening it's been lovely and and like i said it's nice to actually have a conversation because we always see each other in passing at gigs and shows and things so it's lovely to sit down and chat with you and thank you for Uh sharing oh and thanks for having me like this was such a safe space to have very you know a very open conversation so i was like i've never done a podcast before like well you're natural you have to do more of them (laughs) But, I, you know, you make it, um, it made me feel comfortable. Oh, thank you. I, I, I appreciate do, that. <laughs> and I do, you know, follow your podcast and you've done a really good job. You should be proud of it. Oh, thank you. That's so nice of you to say. I'm <laughs> blush now. <laughs> Thanks for your company today. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to consider leaving us a review, following or subscribing to the podcast or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested. 
If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch with us via the link in the show notes. Chill.